welcome to the Find Your Best Future podcast. This is the podcast that helps international families make great decisions when it comes to choosing university courses. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Best Future podcast. Today, Jeremy, what are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be looking at rankings today, Neil. All right. Rankings. Um, it seems like my son was completely obsessed with them for about you know, three years of his life. Uh, uh, why, why, why do students um, take them so seriously? I know lots of students who are obsessed with rankings, um, but I think uh, today's podcast hopefully will put rankings into perspective. Um, but okay. rankings really are just a means to compare courses to compare universities. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you just mentioned your son was obsessed with rankings. Well, um, rankings work like this, I suppose. Do you want to go to the best university in the world? Easy. Just check the rankings. Do you want to go to the happiest university in Europe? Easy. Just check the rankings. Do you want to go to universities that's second best in 200? Just check the rankings. You can check <laughs> anything you want. You can. And I thought it was just a marketing tool for universities, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I think I think chiefly it is a marketing tool, although <laughs> although some people I've talked to from the universities have actually said it sort of drives development and improvement because if they see that they're not doing so well in a particular area of their uh, de- delivery or academic program, it spurs them to improve. But basically, but, yes, it's it's marketing tool. But- That sounds like a bit of a stupid question, but what are rankings? Well, it's just a way of comparing one university with another or one course with another. Okay. And, and you know, who makes them? What are they? You know, how does this all work? Ah, well, this is where it gets interesting. There are several different organizations that make rankings and... Uh, Inevitably, they come out with different results. It, it depends very much on uh, what methodology they're using, what they actually look at in order to compile their rankings. Okay. And what do rankings actually mean, then, in that case? Um, anything you want them to mean, really. Um, if you want to go... <laughs> no, really. If, if you want to go to the best university in the world, well, just check the rankings. Or the happiest university, just check the rankings. Almost every university on their website will boast that they are in the top 10, top 20 for this, that, and the other. Um, But you as a student need to try and dig in a little deeper and figure out what information was actually used to come to that conclusion, to compile the rankings. Sounds pretty confusing to me. It is. (laughs) Yeah. It It can basically mean almost anything you want it to mean. Right. Okay, and so, so what does um, what does that mean for for students and families? Uh, you know, should I select my universities based on on rankings? Well, I think that um, a lot of students just glance at the rankings and and go with the, the university with the highest number, or what I should say, lowest number. Um, a lot of students feel pressured to select the top ranked university for one reason or another. But really, you also have to look at, is it the best ranked university in your subject area? Um, We'll be discussing that a little bit more later on. And probably most importantly, is it the best fit for you personally? Uh, And is there a ranking for that as well? 
Probably. I've never come across one, but nothing would surprise me where rankings are concerned. <laughs> There's a lot to consider, yeah? There certainly is, yes. Okay. And can you trust them? I mean, I've always been rather sceptical around uh, uh, the ranking sites because they're so full of adverts. Uh, um, uh, you know, how accurate are they? You know, those kind of things. Well, I mean, you're, you're quite right. They're full of adverts. They're used for marketing. Um, for example, if a university says, you know, we're in the top 10, well, you need to find out how many universities were actually uh, part of the ranking because if there were only 11 universities quizzed, then clearly <laughs> it's very easy to be in the top 10. If there were 10,000 universities in the rankings, then clearly um, top 10 place is a little more difficult to achieve. So you do have to go and look at the methodology carefully. Right. Almost no one does, incidentally. Most people just glance at the number. Indeed. And, and what does that talk about methodology? What do you mean there? Well, um, they, they, gain, they gain to, to look at a lot of uh, data from the university. Um, could be almost anything like how much is invested per, per student or per head, how much has been spent on the library recently, what facilities they've got, how many um, papers have been published by their professors. Uh, there's just a lot of things which could potentially be used to compile rankings. Right. And I've heard sometimes it's how many academic papers they, they print or yes. publish. Yes, and, it is. You know, they use that data. Uh, what does that have to do with teaching uh, quality, though? Probably very little. Uh, right. To, to be honest with you, I, I think, I mean, te teaching quality is, normally speaking, one of the things that, that they look at. And I would suggest that you go and have a look at the teaching quality statistics, because after all, you're going to be an undergraduate student and you are going to be taught. Now, the question is, who will be teaching you? Will it be professors or lecturers, or will you be taught by postgraduate students? Um, all of these scenarios are possibilities. Right. And another question I always had, you've got the same course, right? And if you look at all the different sites, it will sometimes come in at number one, then it'll move to number six in a different one, and then sometimes it'll go down to number 20. And you're like, well, this is the same thing they're measuring, and yet they're so di different. Uh, uh, you know, does it go back to methodology again or what? Yeah, it does. I was looking recently at Oxford University's ranking. It was ranked number five by QS rankings. That's the worldwide rankings. And number one by the Guardian University rankings. That's a UK newspaper. Now, I think most people would agree that Oxford is a top university. So how many universities are above Oxford or better than Oxford? Well, according to QS rankings, there are, of course, uh, uh, four universities above. According to The Guardian, there are none. Um, right. But then, of course, you have to start thinking a little bit more about this. The Guardian rankings are comparing Oxford only with other British universities, Indeed. whereas the QS rankings are comparing Oxford with universities worldwide. So. There's a lot of things to think about when you just glance at the numbers. So let's take a look um, at the, the main agencies. You mentioned QS. That I've seen everywhere. Obviously, I, I've looked at these sites with, again, with my son. Um, <laughs> they seem to cover almost everything. Is that right? They do, yes. Uh, very, very extensive, I would say. Right. And they would, they're, they're sort of comparing... Um, one economics course with another economics course in another country. Uh, 
uh, is their their speciality, I guess. Yes, uh, and I think also uh, one strength of the QS rankings is that you can use the filters. Uh, right. you, can you can decide that you'd like to know where the top-ranked university for economics is in Asia, for example, or in Europe. Right. And so with a, a couple of mouse clicks, you can filter and hopefully get an answer. And then there are the more sort of linear ones. I know that, uh, you know, um, uh, the Times do, do, do um, you know, top 100 lists uh, for, for bachelor's courses as well. Um, but they're more of a sort of curated list than, than a sort of uh, search engine. Is that right? Yes. Um, I, th I think that most of these uh, rankings now um, are expanding into into the idea that you can have a, a filter and just play around with that a little bit to adjust the results that you get. Right. And, and you know, um, which, which sort of rankings platforms uh, would you trust if you were to uh, uh, be looking? Um, I know that there's a Shanghai listing as well. I, I, I came across uh, yes. uh, a while back as well, which obviously seems to have some uh, level of... Um, uh, acceptance and authority. So it's, it's really quite confusing for parents uh, um, and students who are trying to make judgments based on these uh, on these tools. Is there anything there that you, you say, you know, you would sort of revert to without making a sort of concrete recommendation? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked just now about, I, I use Oxford University as an example, the Guardian rankings, which are UK specific and QS rankings, which are worldwide. Um, and then, of course, there are other rankings which are country-specific, like U.S. News for the United States. Right. McLean, or McLean's, McLean's, I've heard McLean's, about. Uh, McLean's, yeah. McLean's for Canada. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it really depends on whether you want to uh, find out where the top universities are in a particular country or if you want to go worldwide. Clearly, if you want to go worldwide, there's the Shanghai and QS rankings is probably the best-known one. Personally, um, I tend to use the ones I've just mentioned. If I'm just looking at the UK, I'll have a look at the Guardian rankings. If I'm looking at US, US News, Canada, McLean's, and so on, because they are, uh, first of all, quite well-known rankings. They've been around a while. And secondly, you can access their websites. Some of these ones you have to register or pre-register, and a lot of people don't want to invest the time in doing that. They're rather just couple of mouse clicks to find out where the best university is, which is about as far right. as most, most students go. Okay, now let's sort of drill into the, you mentioned it earlier, the sort of university ranking, which I guess is sort of an overall generic ranking based on all of their courses, down to uh, subject rankings. You know, so I've seen a top list of British universities, but I want to study marine biology. Uh, uh, they don't offer that subject. But, you know, how, did, how does that work in terms of, of subjects and uh, against universities? Well, um, as I indicated just now, you can, of course, use the filters to find out where the best marine biology courses are in, uh, sure. in the UK, in, in this example. Um, but I think that you need to look at some other factors. Most people look at the overall ranking and they see a university's rank number one or two or three. But I would really suggest that you look at employability rates uh, ah. because you want to see where your degree is going to lead in terms of 
you know, can you get a job at the end of the course? That is a, a critical piece of research that you need to be doing. And, and where do you find these employability rates? Uh, you'll find them on each individual university's website. And incidentally... Ah, so but they're not on the ranking sites or, or they're not a criteria uh, for rankings or is it sort of built into the algorithm? Um, in some cases, yes, it is. It, it, it's one of many data points which they use to construct the rankings. But I would suggest that you go and have a look on the university's website because after you've identified some universities that you are keen on possibly applying to, then you need to go and look at the employability rates. Okay. And what's better, the country rankings or the worldwide rankings? <laughs> uh, depends what you're looking for. If you're only looking to apply into one particular country, then you might as well go for the country rankings. Indeed, indeed. And, and you know, in the end, it's, uh, it's, it's all about um, looking at what you want to do in the end, doesn't it? Because obviously... Uh, depending on the outcome, uh, these rankings will vary enormously, uh, I, I guess, as well. Um, and so drilling in not just to the rankings, but the web pages of the particular courses uh, must be very important, I guess. It's extremely important. I don't think you should ever even consider applying for a course unless you've actually read the course content. Because you, right. do, need, you do need to know what you'll be studying year one, year two, year three, what the units are. And that information you find quite easily on each university's website. Okay. And I've, um, I've uh, noticed that um, universities value different rankings uh, more or less. And maybe that tells you a little bit about the university and its values as well. Uh, does it not? So if you're, if you're on the front page because you are the uh, most uh, friendly university... Um, does that sort of reflect the ethos or, or culture of the university, do you think? Or is it just because they did well on that one? I think it's probably just because they did well, because they like, they like to splash a nice low number. You know, you know, we are number three in happiness ratings or we're number seven in student satisfaction and this and that. Um, of course, most universities participate in several different ranking or ranking organizations, and then they cherry pick the best numbers and splash them over their website to attract potential customers. It's marketing, as we said. Okay. And okay, so let's, let's zoom in then on two areas you haven't mentioned, which is Asia and Europe. Um, they're more niche areas. What, what sort of um, uh, ranking sites would you use in that case? I would go for QS rankings um, and then just use the filters because obviously Asia and Europe there are many, many countries in or both of those continents. So I think really you, you need to go for a world ranking website and then just use the filter for either Asia or Europe. Right. Okay. And, you know, it's not just academic, is it? Um, well, I mean, the rankings use a lot of things, uh, um, particularly sort of financial investment, things like that, to actually compile their rankings. Um, no, no, well, that wasn't, wasn't what I meant. I meant uh, uh, the choice that you make uh, as a student isn't just academic, i.e. if you were, I don't know, a soccer player or something. You, 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 you're obviously having other, other criterion uh, uh, included that probably aren't included in the ranking site. 
Interesting you should mention soccer, but I had a meeting with one of my students this week, and he's a very talented player, and he wants to continue his, uh, his soccer career and uh, also study at university. So we had a, a most interesting discussion on how to achieve this. And he was very happy to discover that I'm a huge soccer fan. So he, he obviously picked the, the right college counselor to come and talk to. And so I sort of made the point that um, it's always going to be something of a trade-off, whether you're a soccer player or, or you have some other requirement um, in terms of selecting your university. Perhaps your parents don't want you to go too far away from home, in which case that obviously uh, reduces the number of potential universities you could apply to. There's just a lot of things going on here. But at the end of the day, I think you need to apply to a university that you feel will be a good fit for you. Right. Indeed. Okay. But you say that, but then on the other side of the coin, uh, employers generally only recognize, what, four, five, maybe six sort of brand names, university names, and, and surely having that name on your resume uh, is, a, is, a, is a critical part of, of the employability um, equation going forward, Jeremy. Yes, absolutely. In, in fact, in, in some countries, I mean, if, for example, you were to leave your home country and go and study in the UK, um, yeah. there may only be half a dozen UK universities that would be brand names that would be recognized back in your own country. So it would be important that you graduate with a degree from one of those universities for your future employment prospects. Yes, it is. And, and of course, it, it, it applies um, even, you know, even globally with Ivy League and, and Oxford and Cambridge, doesn't it? It does uh, indeed, Even though yes. perhaps, it, perhaps it's, you know, not the right place for you uh, uh, in terms of the stress levels, in terms of the, the um, uh, you know, what you actually want. What's your advice to students in this uh, situation? Well, in the situation where you need to graduate from a, a recognised university, I think you have to go for that. Um, otherwise, you could struggle uh, when you get back to your home country. Um, I know right. that that might not be ideal. It might not be exactly what you want, but I think it's always going to be a trade-off, a series of compromises selecting a university. And I think this is going to have to be one of your compromises. But at the okay, end so of the day, balancing of course, yeah, the power of the brand against uh, the the um you know the course of your dreams is is something that we'll just have to uh live with uh as you move forwards and well the other point worth making is um do you go to a top ranked university overall rankings or do you go to a university that happens to be ranked highly in your subject area oh that's yes yes that's really interesting and how do, you, how do you solve that conundrum well i think that uh if you're if you're just going to go out into the labor market, um, I think that you're, you're going to have to have a look, as I said, about the employability rates. But if, if you intend to pursue a career in academia, then right. certainly you're going to need to go to the department, the subject rankings, because all of the people who work in universities in academia know where the best departments are for their subjects. Whereas normally employers, generally speaking, they just recognize, you know, famous name universities and probably won't look much further. However, I, I would add that there are some, some areas where 
um, for example, very specific like engineering companies will tend to know where the best engineering courses are in a particular country. Um, so this might be something to consider. Yes, it's, it, it is sort of patchy. I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, the more specific your field, perhaps, uh, the, the, the more um, uh, detailed the knowledge is of future employers. You know, uh, it's yes. been entered engineering, but uh, uh, in relation to computer-based programs, programming, uh, I think the employers have a very good connect with, with uh, uh, the, the courses that they wish to um, uh, support. And then you go into the more generic areas of I studied humanities, and then you probably switch over to the to the um, a university brand. I would I would guess. Um, uh, yeah, I get that. Um, one one last question around this area. Uh, you know, um, say your parents are interested in highly ranked, um, and you're less so. You know, you've heard the advice of your student counsellor, you know, your counsellor at school and, and, and he or she is saying what you're saying, you find the best fit, it's really important. And maybe they're giving you a message that's very different to the message that your mum or dad is giving you. You know, you must go and apply to uh, this university or this place. Uh, um, what advice would you give to students who are caught in that dilemma? You must come across that situation uh, regularly. Very regularly, I would say. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the parents want the student to go to one university and the student wants to go somewhere else. Um, so how do you I, help them? What's the advice there? Well, I have my King Solomon moment. You know, I sort of come up with some sort of compromise that keeps both sides of this equation happy. Um, because I say this, that um, in terms of your applications, you're going to be applying to several universities. So by all means, go ahead and apply for the highly ranked, very prestigious, very competitive universities. But then I say to the parents, look, uh, the acceptance rates are very low, single figures percentage wise normally. And so I say it's important to have um, a spread of universities, a plan B, a backup plan, if you like. So we need to be applying to some universities which are a little bit easier to get into where the student can feel pretty sure that they're going to be offered a place to study. So therefore, the whole application package becomes a spread from the very highly ranked universities down to the ones where the student can be reasonably sure that he or she will get a place. Right. And I guess as a student, you could probably uh, use ranking sites, uh, perhaps to back up your, uh, <laughs> your position, because they are so very flexible. Um, and, uh, you know, it may look like uh, uh, one place is better than the other, but uh, looking at other sites or looking at the course base, perhaps you could, uh, you know, sort of use that in your in your armory if you wanted to achieve uh, a goal and needed to persuade people, others. Actually, um, students tend to be far more adept at using uh, the internet <laughs> ranking sites. But they usually manage <laughs> to cherry pick the data which supports their own argument. Uh, yeah, so I think yeah. that's probably a top tip on uh, on, <laughs> uh, on these things is, you know, <laughs> there's, a, there, there's a lot of rankings out there. And if you have a clear idea of what you want to do, perhaps uh, go and dig around a bit. Uh, if you can find that that particular course or that particular university drops into the rankings, uh, you know, highly at, at one place or another, then maybe that's uh, uh, something that uh, can support your case. 
it's like I said at the beginning, <laughs> you can use the rankings to, to come up with, with anything at all. If you, if you want the best this or the happiest that, you will certainly find some rankings which will support your particular line of thought. So, Jeremy, summing all of this up, what sort of final thoughts would you offer? Well, I think that rankings are a, a useful starting point. I certainly look at them, but with fairly large pinch of salt. I find that rankings are useful to indicate perhaps where the top 20 universities are, where the next 20 are, et cetera, et cetera. But you shouldn't get hung up on the idea that number seven is going to be better than number 11, because first of all, you have no idea how they're going to be ranked four or five years down the road when you graduate, because of course they change place every year. And, and also you have to think, you know, at the end of the day, is this the best fit university for me? Because you have to decide that this is the place you actually want to go to, irrespective of whether it's ranked this number or that number. Right. And one of the things I found, honestly, is, is um, the rankings that show um, growth uh, for, say, younger universities can be really useful. Uh, my personal experience, I went to Warwick University um, and when I went, it was basically a, a few buildings in the middle of a field near Coventry. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately for me, uh, Warwick has become one of the most prestigious universities in the UK. And so the brand of the university has assisted my brand in some way to grow because their brand has grown throughout my career. Um, and so that sort of uh, idea of, of taking rankings, uh, not just the, the current position, but that growth ranking, uh, I've, I've found particularly interesting. What do you think about that? Well, as I said at the beginning, you can find statistics which will show that this university has risen the furthest, fastest, ranked this, that and the other. Um, but to come back to your comment about Warwick University in the UK, um, I, I entirely agree. It, it has really shot up in the ranking, it's one of the better phrase, and it's now regularly ranked in the top 10 in the UK. In fact, it's so highly ranked, I even sent one of my sons there, Neil, so. Oh my see. God, that field near Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have deep memories of wandering around on Sundays. Anyway, it's, it's no sure longer, it's, then. it's no longer a field. It's a highly modern, very, very prestigious, and very nice campus. Um, so if you're looking to Warwick University, Absolutely recommend it. Okay. And do you have a top tip uh, in this regard? Absolutely. Rankings. rankings, I mean, not Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Back to rankings again. Um, rankings are not the most important thing about university applications. You are. You have to decide right. what you want and where you want to go. Yeah. And it's so true, isn't it? Uh, in the end, uh, in, in the end, it's all about where's best for you at that moment in your life and where where which place uh, will help you on your journey uh, to the next phase of your life and and keeping that in mind is really really important uh jeremy what about cheese sandwiches uh today um oh, no, 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 no. Omelet oh, oh. Or where are yeah. we in your culinary uh journey well i am going to do some baking this evening neil oh my Goodness me, baking. I, I know, I thought you'd be surprised. I'm going to make I am, I am. 
I'm going to make mince pies. Now, for those who don't know what mince pies are, they are traditional English Christmas cakes, I suppose we call them, I mean, small cakes, with fruit inside, not mince meat, but fruit. I, mean, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, we're, we're actually seven days away from Halloween, which means that <laughs> Christmas isn't quite there yet. Um, why? <laughs> well, you might have noticed that nowadays uh, Christmas food and Christmas this, that and the other starts appearing in the shops usually late August, early September. Just as a reminder, Christmas is December the 25th, and it seems to start, as far as sales and marketing are concerned, earlier and earlier. And why should I be left behind, Neil? I'm going to get in there early. But actually, I do, I do have a more specific reason for this. You see, Go on. well, I make, it's a bit of a tradition in the school where I work. I make these mince pies and I take them in and I give them to all the key people that I need to work for me for the rest of the year, like the secretaries, the IT support guys. The they important all, people. The really important people, yes. These exactly. are the people that, that, that get well fed with mince pies. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very deeply aware of uh, Christmas starting earlier and early. My, my daughter is, is a Christmas fanatic, and so uh, <laughs> she's always trying to get the, the, the Christmas decorations up as soon as possible. And we, we have negotiated that after uh, Halloween, um, in, in the two weeks afterwards in November is when Christmas decorations uh, appear in our house. So I know what you're talking about. Well, enjoy your baking. Are you any good? Yes, actually, I do make good mince pies. I've, I've had excellent feedback. In fact, in the mince pie rankings, I'm really up there at the top. <laughs> Fantastic. With that, we'll leave it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share the 5x5.